0: Hello, and welcome to the Ham Radio Guy podcast. Today, we have Megan Brooks with American Filament with us, and we're going to be talking about 3D printers that are used quite often in ham radio, and talking about some of the determinations you should make when you're considering your filament, and why, you know, you maybe you want to choose an American product, and just a little bit of uh, different things uh, about 3D printers, maybe, that, you know, some, why some may be better than the others, and We'll, uh, you know, see how this all goes. And I, I ham, a lot of people use things in ham radio quite often for 3D printing, uh, whether it might be a guy wire or some other type of, you know, wire winder. So Megan, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate it. I'm glad we could finally uh, kind of meet up and get together on this and, and make this work. And I uh, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about American Filament and, you know, we'll we'll go from there.
1: All right, so yeah, my name's Megan Brooks. I own American Filament with my husband, Thomas. We make filament here in Huntsville, Alabama using American sourced resin, spools, labels, boxes. I mean, every part that we can get from American manufacturers, we do. If we just can't find it in America, we only go with America's allies for sourcing materials. We refused to go to the big bad guys, you know. So our journey started with Lithophane Maker. Uh, my husband created the lithophanemaker.com website tool in 2018. That's how we kind of got into 3D printing. And during COVID, when all the filament shortages came around and the supply chain issues became more and more apparent, we decided to start American Filament. So that's where A lot of the philosophical basis of American manufacturing, supporting it in our own small way, where that all comes from. So So you've only been
0: around since maybe 2020
1: then? We sold our first spool in August of
0: 2021. Wow. So you're still relatively new, really, in the whole industry overall.
1: We are. We are. We just barely hit two years, I guess.
0: Uh Right. Um,
1: It's been a journey, too. We've had, you know, we're not perfect. We've gotten a lot more perfect than we used to be, you know. Starting from from the beginning, we we've, we've learned a lot. We've we've gotten a lot better. We've brought on an excellent employee. His name's Taylor. We've improved our processes, our ingredients. So we're really proud of, of where we are. Just two years down the road.
0: Absolutely, I think that's all to that be said. It sounded like this last fall we had our time hard time getting together. You were really busy, which is good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> What what I mean, what made you think you could go into making filaments? I mean, did you know anything about it? I mean, background, engineering. I mean, yeah, just, so what what made you do 3D printing, you know, filament versus doing some other business, you know, of some sort?
1: Well, so really this was my husband's brainchild to, to begin with. And now it's it's my baby. <laughs> with the lithophane maker community, we weren't just you know, shouting into the void at first. We already had a community, of wonderful users who were excited to try our products when we got them on the market. So that's kind of where the the convincing of me came from with my husband. Yeah. <laughs> We've always tried to figure out how to grow lithophane maker into a business and American filaments kind of where that came from. Thomas is an aerospace engineer. He has his master's and I am an environmental engineer, which, when it comes to production facilities, actually has a lot of crossover. You know, wastewater treatment systems use a lot of the same filtration and equipment, machinery, stuff like that. So right. I guess, once we got into it, it was surprising how much crossover there was with both of our careers.
0: Uh, that definitely makes sense. So do you just make one type of filament or do you have multiple... Lines like the PLA or ABS and PET, and I'm sure there's many others.
1: Yeah. So we started off initially with just PLA and kind of our specialty flagship was our lithophane line. We have, I know I keep coming back to lithophanes, which isn't really a reading. So, hand so
0: maybe explain explain to the listeners a little bit what is a li- lithophane?
1: What is a lithophane? I should have an example. Could, could I step away uh, for a second?
0: sure is it is it a type of filament
1: oh. what, so a, a lithophane is a yeah i'm sorry i should have been prepared do you mind if i step away and go grab one no no I that's fine you? okay yeah, that'll absolutely. be a lot better okay. no problem
0: well she goes and grabs uh, some information i hope that you'll find this episode informational and you know maybe gains your interest in your 3d printing you know there's there's lots of things like the thermoplastics and polycarbonates and and we're going to you know get into you know why some of the spools and things are You know different from from each other and how they're different so as she will show us this lithophane material and give us some examples of that or maybe show us what that looks like for those who are watching on uh, youtube
1: and welcome back again i'm back back. so a lithophane is here's an example of a box that i printed see if i can get it to oh yeah it it
0: kind of shows it up yep yeah so you see some images on the side of the box and everything, yeah, yeah almost yeah, yeah. like 3D etched in there type thing.
1: Yeah. So then when you turn it on, I don't know how well this is going to work. On oh, today. it kind of becomes, becomes
0: a box. You can it, see a light then.
1: Yeah, the images that you have chosen are then visible, and I don't know if I can get it to work very well in this. Yeah, box. yeah, no,
0: I think we can see it from our side. People who watch the video, kind of, you can't see the light now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's and, awesome. It really is cool. You know, I. If you go on our social medias and all that, you can see better, better pictures. So the tool, the lithophane Maker tool, what it does is you put in your images, you can adjust your dimensions, and then it spits out the STL file for you, which for people who are just new to 3D printing, the STL file is your 3D file that you put into your software. Gotcha. And then the software. Called a slicer because it literally slices it into teeny tiny little layers that the printer then prints. So, lithophanes are very personalized things that people can print, but the amount of light that can come through the print obviously affects the quality of your lithophane. You want light like, to be able to come through the thin areas better and have the thick areas still block it because that's how you get that image It's just the, the thin to thick of the, the print. Sure. So, prior to our filament line, there were maybe a couple internationally white lithophane filaments, but we've developed a line of five different colors that give you like kind of a neutral white, a warm white, that's our crisp gray, it actually looks kind of like a black and white image yep. uh, when you can see it the right way. <laughs> so, that's that's kind of our our thing that that we really Started on our one of our obsessions, I suppose you could say. But so, going circling back around to our different filament types, we started with that standard PLA. We use a resin that is made with corn from the Midwest. And I spent two years trying to find an additive to create a PLA plus product. We finally identified a, a product in the fall. And are in the process of transitioning from standard PLA to PLA plus for all of our colors. Would that be uh, unique
0: to you guys? Anybody else have PLA plus out there? And, w- and what would be the plus size? Oh,
1: so PLA plus <clears throat> is, it is not unique to us. It's it's one of the common filament types that you see. So PLA is going to be your basic starting point. Then you go up to PLA plus PETG or, or kind of, depending on what you're looking for, that's kind of like the next step. Uh, gotcha. uh, the plus means that it is tougher, which a lot of people will just say it's stronger. You throw it on the ground, it's less likely to crack. Gotcha. It's got a little, bit, a little bit of a bounce back to it, which keeps it from shattering. And it's also, it can withstand a little bit higher temperatures than just standard PLA can. Because here in Alabama on a hot summer day, standard PLA left in your car will droop a little bit. <laughs> So the PLA plus (laughs) helps a little bit with that to a point. So one of the hurdles with the PLA plus additive that I kept running into is as an environmental engineer, I am very concerned about what goes into our filament, what people are going to be breathing in, because when you print with, with filament, you're melting the plastic and there's going to be off gassing. So we identified a bio-based polymer to add to our PLA to create the PLA plus. So you're not getting... A a lot of foreign filament manufacturers will use ABS, which has a lot of VOCs that come off when you print with it. And uh, people will print PLA plus on their printer without any sort of enclosure, filtration, anything like that, not realizing what's coming off of it. So... So that's why it took us so long to get here is I wanted to make sure it was an additive that was going to be safe for people to be around. So that's our PLA Plus journey. And the third plastic that we don't quite have on the market yet, it's also been an interesting journey, is PETG or PETG. Uh, Now that's going to be the one that most people in the ham radio community are likely printing with. That or that ABS ASA, but PETG is not as dangerous to breathe in. It's a little bit easier to print than ABS ASA. It's going to have even better temperature resistance and UV resistance than the PLA plus.
0: That's certainly probably what listeners would want to be listening or okay. be using. Then it sounds like because it's you know most of the stuff would be used in probably an outdoor environment. Not always but sometimes and you yeah. know I, I think most people might know pet is like what water bottles are made some or made from or food containers uh, sometimes that it's yep. pet is that pet G or pet both
1: so pet is uh exactly what you're saying it's used in a lot of containers and water bottles but they tack a glycol onto the chain the polymer chain otherwise it won't work in a 3D printer
0: gotcha so for those who are kind of wondering, well, what is PET? It's polyethylene terephthalate, fat- which I don't know if I probably messed that last name up, but I'm, I'm not a scientist, so. <laughs> I'm to let you try to obese. pronounce
1: it. I may be good, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Uh, so, but yeah, th- you know, those are pretty common. And, you know, there's there's also like nylon or thermoplastics as well. Are you familiar with those much, or have we used them? Or
1: so this is all thermoplastics. Okay. Uh, PLA, PLA, plus, anything you're putting in a 3D printer is going to be a thermoplastic.
0: Gotcha, um, understandable.
1: There, yes, there's, so continuing on from PETG, you have ABS and ASA, which are probably pretty commonly used in ham radio. So ABS is a, a lot of the stuff that you have in your house, at least older stuff was probably made with ABS. Some of that's being replaced with, polystyrenes and polycarbonates and stuff like that. I mean, but it's, there's going to be a lot of ABS in your house, a lot of the harder plastic. Uh, And ASA is ABS plus UV stabilizers to make it even more outdoor friendly. Now those plastics, you are going to want an enclosure, both for the, just your respiratory health, the VOCs that are coming off of it are very bad for you, but also it's more difficult to print. It's a little bit more difficult to get it to stay on the bed and it will it tends to warp. So that's why you mm. want an enclosure keeping a, a good consistent temperature within the print area. Beyond that, nylons are becoming more popular. They're becoming a little bit less difficult to print with. As people are buying the Bamboo Labs printers, I think more and more people are getting introduced to nylons. It's another one you're going to need an enclosure. And it can be very finicky to print with. Right now, though, from a hobby level, the the highest grade, engineer grade filament that you can find is going to be a nylon filled with carbon fiber. So a lot of people are using that. In most instances, you don't really need that, but it's kind of fun. Right. And, you know, like really, it's it's definitely going to be strong and, and more temperature resistant for you.
0: So... You have someone who is looking to buy a 3D printer that are not really sure what to look at getting. I mean, you've got the Elgato's and you've got, there's another one that starts at the end on top of my head. I'm drawing a blank, but I want to say Newton. I know I know that's not Neptune. right, but uh,
1: Neptune.
0: Neptune, Neptune's. Thank you. And then you've got like the bamboos. I mean, those are probably the top, top popular three brands that I'm aware of. Maybe there's others. Yeah. So, like, all right. Well, where should I really start with? Maybe just getting some simple images. I mean, I know people can go out to get things, you know, universe or thingy universe, and grab stuff and get some images Ooh. to print from there. But they're looking to get full. Like, and and you're. I can go to Amazon and get a spool for you know twenty bucks or whatever. The difference of, of going to Amazon, and getting something from there versus yours. I always like going American made when I can. And but, I mean, is there differences in, you know, your PLA versus someone else's PLA?
1: Yeah. Do you want me to start with printers and kind of move into the filaments?
0: Yeah, we can talk about a little bit. Yeah, we can go that, right? Sure. Let's go, let's okay. go down that road. I was more well, asking the questions, questions along. Well, I, I guess, yeah, I guess it was kind of two questions. We can talk about printers, maybe what your experience with them is uh, and what mm-hmm. you know, might recommend for somebody being new. But and then also like, hey, we're looking to buy you know more of the filament line, and and where should I go get filament? And why should I you know look at you getting something from American Filament versus I can buy a twenty dollars cheap spool on Amazon to play with?
1: Absolutely, sure. So with printers, we usually tell people there's kind of two tiers. If you want to buy a product that you set up and it works, you don't have to mess with it; it just works then the bamboo labs are gonna be your best option. Now they have introduced the A1 and A1 mini series. I don't have any experience with those, but people have been very happy with them. That's That model is what we would call a bed slinger. That's where the nozzle is gonna come down and move in this direction and this direction. And then what you're actually, the bed you're printing on is gonna do this back and forth for your y-axis so that that's not going to be quite as stable as what's called a core xy where you actually have a stable you know like box and the the print head can go both x and y using belts and everything and then the bed is actually going down instead of the bed being the part that goes back and forth it's going down so sure. it's, it's going to be more stable. So again, the A1s, I I haven't used them, but I've heard really good things. And I think those are $200, $300 range. And what we use are the Bamboo P1P and the carbon X1 Carbon. So anything from that line, I think, is a good place to start for reliability and ease of use. There are, there's another company called Creality. Anyone who's dabbled in 3D printing has probably heard of the Ender series.
0: Oh, yeah. That's another very popular one for sure.
1: Yep. The Ender 3 V2 and the CR10 as well. Those are two very, very popular ones forever. But the Ender 3, they now have a. Instead of 3v2, it's 3v3. They've had to start competing with Bamboo. Bamboo was really stealing their market share because it was just <laughs> so much easier to use. So we have a 3v3, shoot, S1, I think, something like that. And for the price point and compared to the older Creality vendors, it's been a major improvement. And then I think there's even a newer version since then that's supposedly even better. Those are worth considering. One thing with Creality in the past is you never really knew what you were going to get. Some would come perfect. Some would be a bit of a lemon. I think they've ironed out some of that. They also have the K1 and they're about to come out with a K1 plus or pro, or maybe they already did. And it's supposed to be more, those are going to be more in line with the Core XY Bamboos I mentioned. Okay. The where the the bed is what moves. So I would say yep. those are probably the t- the main two to consider. The Neptunes that you mentioned, they've had some issues. They've been they've been working on upgrading their motherboards and the firmware that they use. There's a new version of firmware that's much faster and can do a lot more. Apparently, the first Neptune four that came out had a lot of issues. But there are people who have the threes and absolutely love them.
0: I think my buddy just got the Neptune Max and he, he seems to love it. I mean, it seems to be using it quite a bit so far. So um. yeah. Which is that's- good, and the entry level bamboo. I mean, it starts around $650, 700 bucks, something like that. So not mm-hmm. terribly expensive overall. And then if you get the print head on top with the spools that can uh, hold three or four spools on top, you know that's another three hundred bucks, two three hundred bucks, something like that. So it's like nine hundred bucks, nine fifty, something like that overall. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it is pretty good. I mean, yeah, you can go out and buy, you know, an ender or something like that for two or three hundred bucks. But and maybe maybe that's a good starting point for someone too, just to just just to play and learn how to. Grab the files and prints and stuff for sure. If you've never done before, before you go spend nine hundred bucks and you end up breaking. Because when you start doing three D printing, you have to realize—I don't know if you have to realize the melting point necessarily of what you're dealing with, but you definitely have to know what type of head you're using, and and and, you know what the the temperature of those things are, and obviously you have some dangerous gases coming out, so you definitely want to have an exhaust of some sort on some of those things. So if you're starting to print with something. Look, like ABS that does give off, I guess, a you know, Elgato or something might not be working, may not be your best choice for that, you know?
1: Yeah. And one thing with the Enders and with the way the market's changing, I don't know how much this holds true anymore, but uh, you know, up until last year, I would have said an Ender 3v2 is a great place to start because. You're going to end up tinkering. You're going to end up upgrading. Things are going to fail, and you're going to. You're really going to have to figure out how every part of it works, either because you upgrade it or it breaks, and you have to fix it. So, if Put your you really own three D part. Yeah, if you're someone who really likes to know how things work, the ins and outs of it. Then it's a great place to start. But if you're someone who just wants it to work out of the box, then mm. the you know That's those seven hundred dollar bamboos are just you know depends on what you're what you're looking for. <laughs>
0: Right, a better way to go. So, we're talking about pricing a little bit and, you know, 3D printer uh, filament prices. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a low range of maybe $8, $8 a spool. And, and depending on what type of material you're getting, you could be up to, you know, 30 or more bucks a, a, per spool. So, how does your prices kind of range? And, and you know, what, uh, what does that look like uh, for sure?
1: So, as we all know, there's always going to be a bit of a premium for American materials. We don't have to get behind, you know, everyone knows that we don't have to get into that. But so there is a little, there's going to be a little bit of a premium on our filament just because we insist on using American materials. Now, what does that get you though? That gets you a higher quality base resin. It gets you a filament that's going to just work. You know, a lot of that foreign, a lot of that cheaper stuff, uh, you may end up wasting so much of it. That it costs you twice as much in the end because you're just wasting material and time so that's one of the benefits to our filament is it it just it just works another thing is a lot of those cheaper filaments they get the price down by diluting the pla with other plastics and to do that they have to use some industrial chemicals and compatibilizers and plasticizers stuff like that which kind of goes back into what exactly are you breathing in when you're printing that filament. And right. you know most of us like to have them just like in our office or in the next room over. So depending on what brand it is, it's you don't really know what what you're going to get coming off. So that's that's kind of the two big things is is you get the quality where you're wasting less filament overall because you're not failing, your your prints aren't failing as much and you also get the knowledge that we're just using biopolymers and colorant that's that's all we're using now pet g we we're just wrapping up our trials we have identified the best pet g resin it was a bit of a journey I had to talk to our manufacturers and everything but we have one more day of trials with the with our colorant added and that goes the way i think it goes then we should be adding pet g later this year now that is not a biopolymer. That is a petroleum-based plastic. However, it does not off-gas with the same nasties that ABS ASA nylon does.
0: Nice. That's good for for everyone across the board, hopefully on that one. Yes. So Yes, uh, yes. You know, some of the we things like I've read is, cells. Yeah, some of the things I've read is that, you know, definitely there's different qualities out there. And when you're using a filament in your machine I guess I'm trying to get rid of either it's a rumor or myth but you know if I've got an Amazon filament here and then I've got an American filament line here and I'm running Amazon through and then I you know start to feed you know American filament in there one of the things that I've read is that you don't want to mix manufacturers because they could have different melting points uh, between and maybe the same product PETG but you know Amazon's version maybe or you know whatever you got whatever you got off of Amazon versus what you you're buying from you know yourself from American filament could, they could have different melting points. And of course, if you're PETG versus ABA, of course they got different melting points, but yeah, is there a difference in that and filaments that you might see?
1: So is this mirrored or is it? Oh large? no.
0: Yeah, I can see it. Yep. Nope. You're good.
1: All right. So can you see this temperature, the temperature yep. ranges on there? You're, when you buy filament, it should come almost always with a sticker on it, but at least in, on the box or on the website or whatever. It's going to give you a, a range for right. your nozzle and then for the bed temperature. The bed temperature is not really probably going to change much for PLA versus, you know, Amazon PLA versus my PLA versus someone else's PLA. Okay. But PET G is going to be different for PLA. It's just, you know, kind of like the bed temperature is kind of like one thing for PLA, one thing for PETG. But you're right, the nozzle temperature, that is is definitely going to be dependent upon what's in the filament. So ours tends actually to mm, melt a little bit higher temperature because we don't have a lot of those other things added that I just mentioned. A lot of that stuff brings that melting temperature down. So you do have to run ours a little bit hotter. But... I mean, as as long as you're paying attention to your labels and you can always reach out to the manufacturer. And also there's a lot of Facebook groups and discords and Reddit posts and all sorts of stuff out there. Makers like to talk about what we do. So there's a lot of conversations about, well, I had more luck with this on this printer and I had more luck with this. So there's a lot of information on the Internet. And, you know, like I said, manufacturers, we're usually more than happy to talk to you about stuff like that as well.
0: Gotcha. Is, is there a shelf life uh, of most of the filaments So maybe, you know, does it does have an expiration it should be used within, you know, six months or can it sit there for two years, obviously like anything, it shouldn't sit out in the sun or, or maybe a, a hot yeah. attic in the middle of, you know, <laughs> uh, of summer in, in Tennessee or Alabama, but you know, yeah. uh, where, what where, where does that, uh, the, the, the court, I mean, I would deal would be, you know, in your house somewhere or comfortable or maybe a, a heat can or maybe a controlled basement or something. But is there a shelf life to filaments and how long it can last, last for?
1: Yes and no. So, the problem you run into with PLA and PETG G and, and some of the other ones out there too is they are hygroscopic, which means that they love to soak up water. But <laughs> boiling water in the hot end while the plastic's coming out, it's, it's going to cause problems, as you can imagine. Yes. Uh, from from Brand to brand, that's going to, the level of water absorption is going to vary. Again, it all goes, it all ties back into what's being mixed with the PLA. So for hours, we, I've, I've used a spool that I made my first run in like, I guess it would have been July of 2021. I've used one of those within the last month. It's just been sitting out. It's been sitting out in my Alabama house through a couple summers. I mean, not exposed to the heat. The heat would be a problem, but you know, it gets humid around here. So all I had to do was take like the the most outer layer. I had to take that off. And you can usually tell with PLA because it it feels more brittle when it gets wet. Now, that being said, so sorry, let me finish my thoughts. So With our filament, we've had a lot of luck with it just sitting out and it hasn't really absorbed water to a point where it's been problematic. If you find that your filament is too wet and you don't want to pull any off of the outer layer, I mean, I understand I have cheap filament on my hands, right? (laughs) I get off spec spools. So for me to pull a layer off, it's not the end of the world. But if I were buying my filament, then I'd be a lot less inclined to do that. So there are filament dryers out there. They're basically just little dehumidifiers. The bamboo carbon, you can actually use it as a dehydrator. So there are ways to pull the water out. And then if you get on the internet, there are a lot of really creative people out there. The best one I've seen is I guess you can go to Lowe's and get these DeWalt like outdoor storage bins that yep. have a weather st- seal on them. And then there are various dehumidifiers that you can put in there with your filaments, both active and passive, meaning, you know, ones like pellets and then the other being sort of like a fan or, or you know, something right. like that. But there are people who store their filaments like that and never have an issue.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. You know, I, I think you've answered a lot of the questions that, you know, may be considered of a new user, uh, considering looking, getting into 3d printing, anything else that you can find that maybe, or, or can think of that, you know, you'd want to share with, with someone and, and, you know, w- might be useful for them in, in looking at filament or, and, and what's the easiest way to find you and, and where can we get your, your products?
1: Yeah, so the best place to buy our products is AmericanFilament.us. It's our website. We are available on Amazon. Some fulfilled by Amazon. Some as seller fulfilled by us. We find it hard to make it using the fees on Amazon. They've just gone up and up and up. So (laughs) PSA. If you can find a manufacturer's website, it's almost always better to buy straight from them than from Amazon. just helps the small businesses out. But we are available on Amazon. I I understand Amazon's nice. It's easy. You know, I get it. So that's the the best place to find us. But also, you know, I met you at the Huntsville Ham Fest in the Gigaparts area. In the
0: Gigaparts area, yep.
1: Yeah. So Gigaparts actually is our biggest retail partner. They carry our filaments in store and on their website as well. And have you heard about their expansion?
0: I have heard about their expansion. I've not been to their new place that's coming up, but I would look forward to getting down there and seeing it. They're going to be huge. So, Yeah.
1: yeah. So, with that expansion, they're also looking to expand their whole maker world department. So, they're looking at some different printer brands to carry, accessories, and then again, American filaments. So they're gonna Absolutely. be they're good gonna be a you. nice, yeah. Well, we're excited. We're excited for them. I mean, we're both fellow Huntsville businesses. We we like seeing each other succeed. So, but they will be a good place to go for a lot of your 3D printing, you know, printers and stuff like that. And if you're looking for something right now, matterhackers.com is probably the biggest online. 3d printing everything website. and if you have a micro Center where you live, they also have they're they're kind of the the one chain store that carries several different printer options but they don't they don't have American filament yet 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 <laughs>
0: So we'll make sure we put all those links to the Gigaparts and the other site that you mentioned just now or all you can shop online. Uh, give it to me one more time.
1: American
0: no, no. The other one where you said it's kind of the biggest store that you can find if you want something right now, matter hackers. Okay. I'm not familiar with that one. I hadn't heard that before, but yeah, certainly go out to AmericanFilament.com and get your filament there from them. See like, that's a good place to go. Or even if you're ordering your radio on gigaparts and you want to order your film at the same time, you can get all in one shipment there, uh, from, from gigaparts as well. So.
1: That's awesome. I, I thought of one thing that we, we didn't discuss. I didn't know if you wanted to, where to find free online models.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. That's a great yeah. idea. I I kind of mentioned Thingiverse a yes. little bit ago. Uh, that's a good place to go. But um, maybe you have some others to share as well.
1: Yeah, Thingiverse is probably the, the one everybody thinks of. Warning to parents, it is not... It, children should probably not cruise it. Without your assistance, there, there are some things on there that might not be appropriate, or definitely not appropriate. <laughs> uh, not
0: that i yeah. but... Uh,
1: yeah, well, now you know to stay away from them. So Right. Yeah. So Thingiverse, that's, that's a big one. Another one is printables.com. They have a lot of the fun things that are on Thingiverse, too, but... I find that printables is really good when you're looking for functional things that people have designed or improvements, things you can print to improve various printers.
0: Yeah. People do like door, door stops and all kinds of stuff sometimes. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy how much stuff, like my buddy's picked up his 3d printer sometime late last year and he's printed like a little boat type thing that will actually like uh, float in water. And Yeah. yeah. it's kind of like, crazy. Like he's like made it for his little kid, you know. But he's he's made uh, some other parts. Like uh, he was wanting to get the Neptune because he wanted to print like bigger body parts, like like yeah. a kneecap or, or an elbow protector type thing. So yeah,
1: um,
0: it's pretty it's crazy. Cool. What, it's it's pretty cool. People can come up with and what they do. So it really absolutely.
1: is. There there are whole like project kits you can buy. I know there's a guy we we work with here in town who bought this whole. Project kit for an R2D2. It's like a life size R2D2. It has all the 3D models that you need to print. And then it has instructions for like all the servo motors and gears and belts and all that stuff to make it actually roll.
0: Huh. That's incredible.
1: It is. And there's amazing what people can do. There's all sorts of little kits and stuff like out there. There's even some free ones out on Thingiverse and Printables where it tells you go buy this bearing and this motor and here's how you put it together. It's pretty Yeah,
0: cool. I, I know my brother has ordered several times from a guy online Etsy or something like, those Milwaukee packout cases, they have like little red boxes in them and but they're usually just come as a little just a little box to put screws and stuff in, but he wanted yeah. more compartmentalized boxes to go inside the Milwaukee packouts. So a guy printed them all the different size boxes just for those. And yeah. it, it looked and it worked great. So it was it's pretty cool. So yeah, it, it's amazing what it you is. can do with, with 3D printing and, and you know how things hold up. I, I know guys who sell antennas and have made you know mast items, caps for their antenna or use them as bearings, yeah. you know, for, for yeah. you know sizing something down. So it, it's pretty incredible what you can end up building 3D printing if you can have yeah. a little bit of knowledge. Uh, or and, a lot of people will share things out there on on Thingiverse or yeah. the other sites and uh, you can just use their ideas. So
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, if you have some interest and time to sit down on YouTube, you can teach yourself how to 3D model. Then you can start designing your own stuff, and there's a program called Tinkercad that is a good place to start. A lot of kids even start to learn on it. It's more where you can put together blocks, like, here's a sphere, here's a cube, and you can kind of use that to start your 3D modeling journey. And then Fusion 360, uh, I believe that it's still free for personal use. That's going to be kind of the next step into true 3D modeling.
0: Wow! There's all All sorts
1: of tutorials out there. That's Um, awesome.
0: I appreciate all the information. Well, I, I wanted to keep this close to an hour or less if yes. possible, but I thought this was uh, great to be able to share and talk about it. I knew this is something that, uh, again, again, is growing in the ham radio community, and wanted to be able to, uh, you know, give uh, listeners an opportunity to to learn a little bit more about it if they haven't, you know, gained the interest yet. Maybe this might spark their interest to yeah. to look at getting into the three D printing and finding useful ways for it that they can make it in their household or uh, on their ham radio adventures of whatever they might choose. So uh, thank you for coming on to the ham radio guy podcast today. I really appreciate this. We'll be sharing this out on on our Podbean on our podcast site. We'll do the audio only, and we'll do the YouTube version of this as well. So people can see some of the models and things that you show. And anything else before we uh, wrap up for the day?
1: Well, thanks. So thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I could talk about this all day. I'm surprised it was only an
0: hour ish. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, sometimes people lose interest half an hour. Maybe that they just their, their, their drive home and their drive to, over to work, you know, they'll kind of get to listen to this a little bit. Everybody, Megan Brooks with American Filament. Uh, thank you for joining us today and uh, reach out to Americanfilament.com. If you have any questions about nope. filament and you need answers. Oh,
1: dot .us, not .com.
0: Oh, dot Oh, Americanfilament.us. Thank you. So reach out to them if you have any questions about your filament or you need, you're need you trying to figure out a project and need to know what the best option is, they, they can help you out with that, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and we just started a Discord server.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. If you want to share that Discord server link out, with, can I find it on your website?
1: Yes. Yeah, but I can send you an email with all the links that we talked about.
0: And I'll, I'll share those out in my in my podcast notes as well and, and, and on YouTube here so people could have access to them and gain access to you and find find you an easy way there if they're Sounds listening great. to this. They want to click on click on more and you should be able to find more information. So all right, I'm gonna go ahead and end this and appreciate it and thank you for being with us.
1: Great. Thanks, Marvin.